Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. I'm a big Am I on? Yes. I'm a big football fan, and usually if you score a hat-trick in a football game, you get to take home the match ball. So having done the hat-trick today, I'm planning on taking home the lectern um, as my memento for doing three services in one day. We all all right this evening? Yeah, as Luke kind of introduced, my name is Matt, and I'm a site leader here at Ivy Church, and I lead the, the service, the congregation that meets here in the morning. Um, And this morning we started a new series um, across all of our Ivy sites called More. And um, we're going to be diving a little bit deeper into this series in the evenings as well. So um, if you're coming in the morning, you may hear some things that are a bit familiar, um, but it's not exactly the same talk, so don't worry about that. Um, And if this is your usual service, then you're going to be joining in a little bit as to what we look at in the mornings, which is great seeing how long I've got. I'll set my timer for that and we'll, we'll run with it. So, um, today, the, f- the first week of the, of the More series, we're actually looking at more peace. I know power is actually the first word there if you read it from left to right, but it's actually we're looking at more peace. And we're in the book of Philippians. We're in chapter 4. Um, if you want to open your Bibles, switch your Bibles on. Um, we're going to be in chapter 4 and we're just going to be looking at a few verses. And I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, sometimes when you... Uh, either read stories either that you've read before or maybe that you've not even read before. Um, I wonder how, how do you read it? Or like what questions do you ask yourself? And for me, especially whenever I'm preparing a talk of some sort, when, if I'm given a passage that I'm, uh, I've got to be speaking on, the question I always ask myself is what about this gets me excited? Because that's where I want to be speaking from, from a place that um, I'm excited about, that I want to be able to share with somebody else. The fact that what are the, what's the, the sentence or what's the paragraph that just grips me, that's like, do you know what, other people need to know this. And I'm, my life is going to change because of this. And so for that, um, with that in mind, when I was reading um, Philippians 4, the, the few verses that stood out to me um, I'm just going to read really quick for us, and it's from, uh, from verse 4. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then it's this one. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When I read that, I was like, come on. Come on. Isn't that amazing? The peace of God that transcends all our understandings will guard our hearts and minds. I don't know about you. I don't know um, what your life is like, but there are moments in my life where I need the peace of God that transcends all understanding. There's stuff that life throws at me that I'm just like, I do not know how I'm going to cope with this until I allow the peace of God to be at work in my life and I can then make my way through knowing what my foundation is on. When I was thinking about tonight and thinking of this, this word peace, I was thinking, what's my, what's my thought about this word peace? What's my attitude to peace? Or what's my idea of peace? If someone asked me that question, I wonder what I would say. And um, 
This is maybe giving you a little bit of an insight into me, but for me, uh, if I think of like, oh, what would bring me peace is maybe I have a day off work or I get home a little bit early and it's about three in the afternoon. I've made myself an, a nice brew. I sit down on the sofa. I've got the tin of biscuits next to me and I stick on Escape to the Country. Ah, oh, peaceful. Come on. Not Antiques Roadshow, Skate to the Country, come on. It's just they've got great music there, the tone of it's great, the countryside, peaceful. I wonder if I was to ask you, what is peace for you? I've just become a father in the last um, six weeks and I am, I am definitely finding out that um, peace can sometimes be a rarity with a newborn around the house. And then there's a, an image of, of this book. This was a favourite book of mine growing up. It was called Five Minutes Peace. I don't know if you've ever read that or if you've got children have read that to them. But this was like a, a book that I'd always get my mum and dad to read to me about five minutes peace. But I wonder if I was to ask you, what's your idea of peace? Maybe it will just show this quick video um, that shows me, I think, what some people think of as a little bit of peace. <laughs> I'm not telling you you need to move house or sell your home, but that guy was trying to find a quiet space, wasn't he? He was trying to find some space away from all the kids, away from all the madness of the home, and obviously right mover claiming that in order to do that you need to buy a bigger home, and therefore you've got the space to do it. But when I was thinking about this piece, and I asked this question this morning, I said, what, what is it? If I say peace and what, what would be the response? What would be the word that would follow that? You can shout it out. Peace and quiet. So often we just associate quietness with peace. That's what, that's what peace is, I think, to a lot of people. It's to find ourselves in a quiet place, away from everything, away from the world, away from the uh, troubles of life. And I just think, I think we're, we're getting it wrong if we think that that's what peace is when the Bible talks about peace. If we think that just locking ourselves away, removing ourselves from the reality of life is, is where we're going to find peace, then we're missing the mark. I don't believe that's what um, Paul is writing about here in Philippians. I don't believe that's what the Bible tells us all the way through, that that's what peace is. That's not the peace that transcends all understanding. And tonight I want us to look a little bit about that. Some people think that peace can be the absence of trouble. So you look at wars and conflicts and it's like, well, when we don't have those things, that's when we've got peace. When we don't have trouble, no. Again, I think we miss the mark if that's all we think that peace is. Did you know that since um, the birth of Jesus, pretty much, or well, the stat says from 36 BC, that there have been nearly 15,000 wars globally? That doesn't sound very peaceful to me. 15,000 wars. If that's all we think that peace is, the absence of trouble, then we're, we're definitely not there. See, I believe that biblical peace isn't... Um, it isn't determined by our circumstance. That's not what affects whether we have peace or not. It's a goodness uh, of life that, that is way beyond all of that, that whatever is happening on in the outside, we can still have this inner peace within us. 
You may be in the most hardest trial of your life. Yet I fully believe that what the Bible says, we can still have peace in that time. We can still experience God's peace, the peace that transcends all understanding. I believe that is the biblical peace. I believe that the biblical peace wants us to point us into presence, into presence with him, with the heavenly father, with God, with Jesus, who we've been singing, who we've been worshiping about this evening. The Bible talks about peace. He's pointing us into presence with him, close proximity with him. Are we in connection with him? Because it's only then do we find that we actually have this peace that transcends all understanding. It's only when we get close to him do we actually feel that, that in the, the trials of life can we still stand there knowing that we are peaceful with it all. In the Old Testament, the, um, the word for peace, if you were to look at the Hebrew, is shalom. And I, um, I promised I wouldn't sing or play this whole, uh, horrible old song um, of shalom that's been going around the office this last week. But you can Google it if you want. Shalom, my friend. And you'll have five minutes of pure joy um, as you watch that that uh, YouTube video but shalom it means peace but again the word shalom means so much more than just this surface level peace in the New Testament the the Greek word for peace is irene and we'll come on to that in a little bit but shalom means it's completeness it's wholeness it's, it's like when you think of, uh, I was watching a video uh, about this before and it talks about like a brick and it's like a brick that has no blemish, no crack, no deformity. That is shalom. A, a brick wall has no cracks, has no missing gaps. It's perfect. It's all together. It's in unison. And when, when anything is missing, when any parts or pieces are gone, whenever there is brokenness in that, then shalom is broken. There is no more shalom there because it is not complete, it is not whole, it is out of alignment. Me and my, um, my wife, we actually went to a, um, an osteopath on Friday for our son because he's, well, we think it's like colic stuff. But he had a quite a, di- a difficult delivery and having chatted to friends and um, doing a little bit of research, it, if, if a baby has quite a difficult delivery, that they can sometimes be unaligned, which doesn't help the whole system inside of them. You see, he's, we need to fix that in order for him to either pass the wind one way or the other. There needs to be a realignment going on. That's why what shalom is, is it's in alignment. It's also about restoration. It's about making what was broken and bringing it whole. Have we heard that in any other story before? About restoration, about knowing that there's brokenness and that it needs to be made new, made whole. That is shalom, a state of shalom. We look at the Old Testament, we see all the kings and their whole job, they were appointed so that they would effectively bring shalom to the nation. And some of them succeeded for a time, yet then they failed. And back into war, back into disruption, back into brokenness. And then we read um, the prophet Isaiah and he looked forward to a future king. And as we've already heard, that he was called or due to be called Prince of Peace. Prince of Shalom is what Isaiah prophesied about King Jesus, the king who would right all wrongs, the king who would bring full restoration to the whole world, the king that 
would be above all kings. And that's why when uh, we read about Jesus' birth in the New Testament, he is um, announced as the king of peace, or Irene, as I've already said, that that word is used in the Greek. He is the king of peace. But the amazing thing is, Jesus didn't come just to, um, to bring peace and just to restore the world, but he also came to give it. He says that, my peace I give to you, to his disciples. This isn't something that is just a nice thing that we we witness and that we we see from afar the, the effects of Jesus coming into this world. But this is something that he invites us into, to participate with him. He's effectively giving us the the king of peace is saying, I give you my peace. Do we understand what that means? The king of peace has said, I'm going to give you my peace. Do you want it? Do you accept it? Jesus, what a man. What an example. What an amazing story that is. What amazing truth that is. And what's really ironic is actually when we look at the life of Jesus and we see maybe in his most um, difficult time, the night before in his crucifixion, a, a night probably if any of us were in that situation, we would be at the, the most stressed out, least at peace probably possible. We see him there fully at peace with himself and with his disciples. And that's when he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Even in the midst of the trial, Jesus had this peace and he showed what it was like for us. He was the the perfect demonstration of how we are to live a life full of peace. It enables us as believers to remain calm to remain collected at times in the most hard situations and circumstances. See, I think biblical peace is not something that's determined by what goes on around us. That's not peace, you know, to, to escape to another room, to just have quietness or to turn the music off or to vacate the, the screaming children. That's not the biblical peace because that's affected by what's around us. The biblical peace is what's in here. It's in here, am I at peace? Despite everything that goes on, am I at peace? Can I hear the the awful news from the doctor that says that I've got some incurable disease? Am I at peace? Or I've just heard of some tragic thing that's happened in the world. Am I at peace? Does that affect me? I think if we've got biblical peace, if we've got this peace that that Jesus is talking about here, that Paul writes about, then we will be. We'll still be able to be at peace. And that doesn't mean that we don't care. That doesn't mean we don't acknowledge what's going on. But it means we can stand assured in who we are, knowing that there's a hope and that there's a future for us. When we read Paul's um, letters, he always starts, doesn't he, when he writes to the different churches and to the different people, he writes, grace and peace, grace and peace. To you, and then he tells how much he loves them and what they're doing great and what they can uh, maybe change or do better at. Grace and peace. You say, sometimes I think we, we always associate a different word with peace, and we looked at this this morning. We always associate peace and quiet, don't we? Peace and quiet. No. 
Maybe we should start saying grace and peace. That's the two words that need to go together. Grace and peace. See, they go hand in hand. And it's important, actually, that the way in which they are formed, that the, the fact that grace comes before peace, I think, is so significant. Sometimes we can just look over that, but it's so significant. You know, grace is basically... Uh, or this guy, Charles Swindle, he has a, a great quote that I've lifted off. It says, that which God does for mankind through his son, which mankind cannot earn, does not deserve and will never merit. You can't earn it. You can't do anything to earn God's grace. It's there. It's, it's available to you if you want it. All you have to do is choose to accept it. Are you going to choose to accept it? Have you accepted it? Maybe you didn't even know it was a free gift. Well, it is. Let me tell you, it's a free gift for you tonight. You can take it. You can't earn it. See, grace is opposed to and it excludes any idea of works, merit, um, works done by means or um, blessings. It's, it's not God's payment to us for doing what he asks us to do. It's free. Isn't that the gospel that we preach? Isn't that the gospel that we believe in? The fact that we're, we're not a gospel of works. We're a gospel of peace, are we not? We look through the whole of the New Testament. We look at the life of Jesus. It's all about bringing this sense of peace to us. See, we can't earn God's love. What Luke was saying about you can't outlove God. You can't even earn it. It's there for you. It's on a plate. It's being handed to you. He sent his son to die for you. Regardless of what you do in your life, it's there, it's on offer. Romans 11:6 says this, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. Grace and peace. When we understand the grace, I think when we understand what God has done for us, when there's an acceptance there, when we, when we say, yes, I'm going to accept the grace of God in my life, it is from that moment on that then we can start to experience this all-surpassing peace that God has for us. Because until I actually fully understand what he's done, I'm not going to allow his spirit to be at work inside me. I'm not going to understand that it's actually God who's doing this. It's not me striving for, for more peace in my life, but it's actually him at work inside of me that enables me to be able to stand in those places that uh, is hard, that is tough, and still be at peace with it. As I've already said, peace isn't this idea, it's just this absence of trouble. It's not related by our circumstances, but um, it's... It's this thing that, that God does for us. It's almost like the, the more we stop trying to achieve it will be the moment that we start to receive it. The moment I stop trying to, to, to be at peace with whatever it may be, whatever situation, maybe it's a person, maybe it's a circumstance, maybe it's yourself, maybe it's even with God himself. But the moment I start, I just sort of lay it all down lay it all down at his feet, the moment I start to say, do you know what, God, I, I can't do it on my own. You need to do it. That's when we start to see a change. That's when we start to actually feel different, when the spirit starts to move inside and work within us. I believe that's the piece that Paul's talking about here. I believe that's what he's trying to encourage these, the Philippian church and what we're going to be taking from it tonight. But there's this peace of God which surpasses all understanding. 
and it guards our hearts and our minds. It's amazing. It's amazing and it grips me. It grips me. So what is the kind of peace that we really want? Maybe you've never even thought of that or maybe um, you think, oh, do you know, I generally am quite at peace with a lot of things. But what is the, the sort of peace that we want? Is it just a, maybe a superficial worldly peace that we talk about or is it this internal peace that means that I can stand assured knowing who I am in Christ and what he has done for me? One that, that deals with the past but there are no strings of, uh, of conscious what have I written here? It says this, one that deals with the past where no strings of conscience dipped in the poison of past sins tear at them and torture them hour by hour. It's like saying that the, this peace can, can deal with what's gone on in the past, but we're not going to hold on to that. We understand what's gone on. We don't hold on to that. We don't live in that past setting. It's a peace that stands assured in the present. Currently, what life is throwing at me, I'm okay with that. I might not like it, I might not love it, I might disagree with it, but still I'm at peace with God about it. And it also is a peace that looks to the future, that no matter what is going to come my way in this earthly life, I know that actually my destiny is far bigger and better than whatever this world, this life is going to throw at me. And I'm at peace with that because I am trusting in him. Romans 5 says this, it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We who trust Christ are redeemed and declared righteous by faith. Our sins are forgiven. Rebellion ceases. The war is over and we have peace with God. That was God's wonderful purpose in salvation. So how do we live this life of peace? As I've already said, it's something that I feel we've got to stop striving for but start to allow to work within us, allow the spirit, and I want us to spend some time this tonight as a way of response, just to, just to soak in his presence, just to ask the spirit to come and move within us, to ask him, what is it that I need dealing with? What is it that I'm not peaceful at the moment? Where is it that I'm restful? Where is it that, uh, what situation is it that's keeping me awake at night? What's, what relationship breakdown is it that I'm not happy with? where I need restoration, where do I need to bring shalom, where do I need that wholeness to be restored. See, Colossians 3 says this, it's not a command to seek peace, but rather a plea to let the Lord's peace work in us, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So you have it, it's on offer. When we accept the grace as Paul writes, grace and peace, when we accept that grace, then we can start to experience his peace. And the, the word rule there in the Greek basically is like umpire. It's like an umpire. So it's like every decision that I make, let the umpire, let the peace of God be the one that helps you make that decision. Make it out of that place, rather out of judgment or, or out of our earthly mind, out of our thinking. Let it be the peace of God that helps us make those decisions. Perfect peace comes when we, we shift our focus off the problem and on to Christ, the source. He's the giver. I give you my peace. Shift our eyes off the problem, but on to the source. And as I've already said, it's when we do that, we allow the spirit to come in and we gain the ult ultimate unlimited access to his all-surpassing peace. 
So you see, Christ is the source of peace, but then the Holy Spirit is, is what we say, like the giver of peace. He's the one that's actively doing that with inside of us. When we invite him in, it's the Holy Spirit. And we can look in um, Galatians and we look at the fruits of the Spirit and what's one of them? Peace. A fruit of the Spirit. When it's a, a sign to say, hey, is the Spirit working inside you? I said this morning, when you're in a circumstance that somebody else who's not a Christian is going through, and uh, like a, a rubbish, awful circumstance, and they look at you, and you're at peace with yourself, and you're at peace with the circumstance, and you're at peace with the situation, what a witness that is. What a testimony that is to that person when they look across and they're like, we're going through the same thing. My life feels like it's currently falling apart around me, yet you seem to have it together. You seem to be okay. You seem to still have a positivity about you. You seem to live like there's, there's a future hope in your life. What is that? That's the peace that passes all understanding that the Spirit is working inside me. It's Jesus. When I accept him, when I accept the grace that's on offer and I invite the Spirit in, I can stand in that place of peace. I want to invite Luke up because he, his testimony is all on this. And I'm not going to steal what he's going to say, but um, in preparation for this, we were having a chat and he's like, do you want me to share a bit of my story? Because that's, that's me. That's me. I was in that place. And so Luke's just going to share for a few minutes and then we're going to enter into a bit of a time of response. All right. Cheers. Yes, sir. Hello, hello, yeah. So my story, as Matt said, is, all, is, is written out, it's this. Um, about three and a half years ago, I found my way back to God through an Alpha course. Um, not at Ivy Church, but one in uh, Romley, just outside Stockport. And my life was absolutely overtaken by worry. And if you think of peace, worry is the complete opposite. I heard it explained this morning, no, this afternoon, that worry actually means to strangle. And what happened to me is I used to have like four or five panic attacks a day and life was just horrendous. And I tried absolutely everything. I tried CBT, I tried uh, anxiety tablets, I tried all sorts. I was at the doctor's every two minutes. Um, and then my mum works for a church. She's been a secretary at a church for about 20 years. Um, and for the 11 years I was away from church, my mum was like, you should do Alpha, you should do Alpha, you should do Alpha. And then I got to a place where I tried everything and then I was like, I'm going to have to try this because there's nothing else for me to try. And I don't know if you're familiar with Alpha, but there comes a point where we get to, well, uh, the leaders get to pray for the, the people who have been coming to the course and they ask you, what do you want prayer for? And I was like, I just, I need to stop worrying. I worry about everything. And as soon as this person prayed for me, like, I, the only way I can describe it, and I still try and describe it today, is but in the center of my stomach, it was like a warm, fuzzy feeling. And that is about as corny as I get. But I genuinely believe that Jesus came into to live in me that moment. 
through the Holy Spirit. And I experienced peace that day like, like never... The, the verses that passes all understanding. And I was like, what is this? It was like crazy. And my wife uh, at the time, uh, at the time, my wife now, fiance at the time, um, she never experienced God either. And she was like crying in the corner, like, I think there might be a God. And she was just, we, we both walked away absolutely wrecked. And I was like high on life because I was experiencing peace for the first time. Um, and she was realizing that there was a God. Um, but I just wanted to encourage you with that. I, I, I know there's times in our lives where we, I, like, I still worry about things now. Emma's my boss. Um, I was worrying about hosting this evening. Um, but, the, but what God has done in my life um, is just absolutely incredible. Um, there was never a moment that I would ever think that I would be at the front of an audience and speaking and be semi-comfortable. Um, but that's what God does through his Holy Spirit. So we're going to hand back over to Matt, to the band. Um, yeah, but there you go. Great. Can we show our appreciation for Luke for sharing? We're going to enter into a time of worship now. So if you're um, able to, can I encourage you to stand? But, but as, as the band starts to play, I'd love us just to maybe just take a moment. Let's just close our eyes wherever we are. And I think I've probably said this word peace more than a hundred times today. But I just want to pray for us. And in preparation for tonight, just asking ourselves some questions. Asking ourselves a question like where where is it in our lives that we need to see this peace of God that we read about in the Bible? What is it? So it may be that, you know, there's, there's a piece of reconciliation and that might be with God. Maybe you've wandered away from him. Maybe you've never even accepted him. Maybe this idea of grace, this free gift of grace and peace to you is the first time you've heard it. And tonight's the night where you can reconcile yourself with him. Or you can come back to him. Maybe it's a piece of harmony and that as you're stood there with your eyes closed and you can think of maybe relationships or certain individuals where actually that relationship's broken down and there's disharmony, there's disunity, there's friction and it's just hard, it's hard and, and actually it causes you to worry, like if you see I don't know about you but sometimes there may be certain people if I see that there's a phone on my phone if it's ringing and it's a certain person pops up and I'm like oh no I get a bit scared don't want to answer that it's like do I need to sort out that relationship maybe it's a piece of assurance and that's a peace within yourself do you know who you are in Christ to sort of give yourself a little bit of slack so I'm okay I'm at peace with this and then I was also challenged that that's like they, these are quite those three are quite personal things like things that we're gonna see a transformation in, internally in ourselves but then I was also 
thinking about this and reminded of the armour of God. And with the armour of God, it says that you are to put on the sandals of readiness to go and share the gospel of peace. You see, this isn't something that we're just to keep to ourselves. And as I said before, this isn't something that we just witness that Jesus talks about and we're, we're like, that's great. But he's given this to us so that we can go into his world and we are peace bringers. We are peacemakers. We are peace restorers. Wherever we go, we carry the same peace that Christ carried. And I wonder whether there's a situation that you've got to face this week that actually, you know what, you're that person to bring that peace. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in family and relationships. I don't know. Where is it that the peace that is inside of you and you can bring restoration you can bring that sense of shalom wholeness completeness so heavenly father I pray now that your spirit would come holy spirit come and move in this place lord let our hearts be open to you to be at work inside of us spend time on reflection of what's been heard singing some worship and praise to you Lord I pray that you would stir it up in our hearts stir it up in our spirits Father where we need to deal with this sense of peace I pray for those that feel anxious Lord God that you would come bring a sense of calming to their spirit. I do just have a real sense that we've got to put on the armour this week, that we're, we're stepping into territory which isn't peaceful. And I feel like God's saying, you know, I'm calling you to be my witnesses in this place have a word you have a spirit like no other I'm calling you to step out in faith and trust me be my voice in the disunity be my voice in the brokenness allow me to use you to bring restoration into that situation Spirit to come now. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org slash media.